Once again, church, good to see you here today. We are in week number two of our sermon series called More Than a Song. We are walking through the book of Psalms uh, together and knowing that worshiping the Lord is even more than a song. It is a song. It is that 20 minutes before the sermon many times that we worship the Lord and praise the Lord, but it, it is even more than a song. And so that's what we're talking about. Uh, this is our second week. Uh, last week was the first week, right? And then this week is the second week. There you go. Uh, in the book of Psalms, there's 150 of these. They are songs and prayers and poetry that is written to the Lord at various times in Israel's history. A little more than half of them are from David, um, but they are from other people as well. And one of the things that we find out through these is that worship is that constantly or consistently making decisions to get or please that thing that we're worshiping. So uh, our, our minds revolve around Christ, okay, just, just all the time. And so what we want to do is we make decisions constantly uh, because we want to get closer and closer to Him, okay? And so there are times that, uh, that we, we do things here on this earth, you know, tonight we're going to root for the Astros to win, all right, that's great. Um, beyond that, okay, uh, we spend the majority of our time worshiping the Lord. That doesn't mean just singing a song. That means making decisions that will draw, draw us closer and closer to Him. We want to get as close to Him as we can. And so we're going to be singing songs from the Psalms this, uh, this uh, several weeks. And we've already done that even this morning and last week. And so it was a lot of fun to do that, uh, to have this expression of Psalms, uh, singing these songs to the Lord. Last week was, um, well, uh, let me say this that they are kind of separated into different uh, types of psalms, and that's what we're kind of going through each, each week, is the different types of psalms. Last week was hallelujah psalms, which is just psalms that are about praising God simply because of who He is. He is God, He is awesome, He is our Creator, and how many of you know that He is worthy of praise simply by being God? Yeah. Right? Simply by being God, even if he didn't do anything else for us, because he is God, he is worthy of our praise. And so we had these hallelujah uh, psalms. This week, we're going to be looking at wisdom psalms, wisdom psalms or instruction psalms. And so we have uh, a list of psalms, uh, the chapters up here on the screen for you. If you want to take your phone out and take a picture of those, we do that um, each week because uh, the different types of songs, if you say, I want to read a psalm about uh, the Word of God, um, these are some psalms that you can read about, just as we did Hallelujah last week and all the others this week. So you say, wisdom or instruction, we're looking at the Word of God, what does He say in our Word, or in His Word, and uh, so you say, okay, so we're singing songs about rules. Yay, rules, okay? That's, that, that, that's not normally what you would want to sing a song about, right? When you have a song in your heart, is it about rules and regulations? Not typically, okay? Typically, it's, yay, don't, don't eat, you know, or don't jump into the pool 30 minutes until you're done eating, or whatever that rule is. What is that rule? Is it 30 minutes? Whatever the rule is, okay. You don't sing like songs about that, do you? That's not really a song that you sing. It's, uh, but rules, especially God's rules and regulations, are absolutely for our good, and they are a good thing, and they are necessary, absolutely. If we were to play a game, and I was to look at Sam, let's say, and I'm going to say, me and Sam are going to play a game, okay? You ready, Sam? We're going to play a game, okay? You go first. (laughs) 
Sam has no idea what to do. Why doesn't Sam know what to do? He doesn't know the rules. He doesn't know what we're doing. He doesn't know what, what you're trying to get to. You don't, you, he doesn't know if he's doing well, if he's not doing so well. He doesn't know if he can get outside the lines or whatever. He doesn't know. So knowing where God is wanting to take us, if you want to call them rules or guidelines or God's law or Christ's law, without knowing these things, we don't know where we're going. And so we need these rules. I was playing a game with, with Becky last night, and I was seeing that she was just about to win. And it was one of these games where you only get one turn, which is most games. You get one turn. And so I, I, I laid my piece down, and then I laid another piece down here really quick, which is against the rules, okay? But I laid, my, I laid that other piece down. She says, no, 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 and she knocked it off. <laughs> and she played the card, and she, she won, okay? I mean, I saw it was coming. I wasn't trying to cheat, y'all, okay? I saw it was coming. But it was outside the rules of the game. I can't win if I'm going to go outside the rules of the game. And so it is, while it might seem like an odd thing to praise God about, God's rules and regulations and law, Hopefully I can show you here today that actually it is a very appropriate thing to worship God about. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Psalms, and we're going to be in uh, three different chapters. And we're going to start in Psalm chapter 1, the very first Psalm. Uh, book of Psalm is right there in the middle of your Bible, middle of the book. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 1, and we're going to read a couple of verses there. This kind of sets the tone for all of the Psalms and why we read these Psalms, uh, this whole chapter here, these six verses. And it starts off and it says this, Oh, the joys of those, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So joy doesn't come to those who live a life away from God's law. But joy does come to those who live a life in God's law. In fact, they meditate on it day and night. And that's really the overall point of the whole message and this psalm and this sermon is that because we know the law of God and the law of God's written on our hearts, if we choose not to follow that law, it's going to lead us down a road to pain, wickedness, and destruction. But if we follow God's law, it leads to life and salvation and eternity. That's the point of the sermon. So we're done. We can go home now. Thank you so much for coming today. But that is the point right there. Verse 3. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit uh, each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So remember that David is the one writing this this psalm. And so David, uh, as you know, he was a shepherd boy, and so he would take his shepherds, and, and year after year, he would take them around the countryside, and let's hang out here for a little while, and you can eat the grass, and then we'll move this way. And so for years, in different seasons, he would walk around. And so imagine uh, that as he's writing Psalms, he sees the landscape of Israel at that time, and so he sees these trees that are lined up, and he writes a couple of times about these trees. But imagine these trees that are lined up next to a stream. And he sees these trees season after season after season and how they are constantly growing good fruit. And so the reason why they are constantly at every season uh, bearing good fruit is because they are planted and rooted right next to this stream, which is where they get the source of all of their life, right? 
And so trees that are far, far away from the stream and far away from bodies of water, it's a little bit tougher. And the fruit doesn't come quite as often in all these things. In fact, you get into the desert and, and you rarely see any trees that bear fruit. But the trees that are rooted right next to the stream, year after year after year. And so you can kind of have this vision of him with his sheep, and he kind of tops this hill, and there it is. There's the stream, and there's the, the, the trees there with the shade. And he says, I wrote that one song underneath that tree, and I wrote that song underneath this tree. And it is a consistent thing. It's there every single year. And that is a beautiful picture of us that when we plant ourselves next to the source of life, which is God, and reading his word, then year after year after year after year, we will bear good fruit. But if we choose to uproot ourselves in our tree, and we're going to move inland, and we're going to move away from the body of water and all bodies of water like that, then we will see that the fruit will come less and less and less. So stay rooted next to the Lord. Stay rooted next to the Lord. That's a beautiful picture that David uh, gives us there. And then verse 4 says, But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. That's the point of the psalm. That's the point of what he's trying to say. That the path of the wicked, there's two paths. One leading to life, leading to God and salvation. And then over here, leading to what, how we think we should walk, what we think we should do. Uh, and it always, every single time, leads to destruction. Every single time. It's like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. I think we should live like this way. Now I think we should live like this way. Now I think we should live like this way. And it's good for temporary Okay, it works a little bit, but then there's this path that is just straight and true and planted by the stream, and, every, and you're good to go for life. So he says that's how we should live. Skip to Psalm chapter 19, and we'll look at a couple of verses here. This Psalm chapter 19, I found out, that was C.S. Lewis's, if you're familiar with him. This was C.S. Lewis's, not only was it his favorite psalm, it was his favorite bit of poetry ever. This was his favorite poem right here, Psalm chapter 19. And it starts off a couple of verses, and he talks about how that the sun in the sky, and, it, and, and no one is out of the reach of the sun, that it reaches and it gives warmth and it gives uh, light so that you know where to go. And so he talks for a few minutes about that. And then he goes to verse 7, David does, and he says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. And so he's almost using this, this word of God as, as, as the sun as well, because it, we're able to see everything. It makes everything clear on a clear day. You can see what's going on because the sun, when we read the word of God and we put that word of God in our heart, it makes things clearer and we know which path to take and where to go. And we see all these things. And so that's why he says to, uh, to follow the Lord and to, and to read his instructions and know his instructions. In verse 9, reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. Did we sing about that this morning? 
They they are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey him. So you see the words and the, and the kind of the metaphors and just the, the, the pictures that David is painting that it's not just, okay, I guess I'll read the Bible here today. No, the Bible is everything. It, it, it's where we know where we're supposed to go and who we're supposed to serve and the, and the lessons that we're supposed to learn, but the way that we're supposed to walk and that David brings all this out and that it's even more desirable than gold, more desirable than gold. I'd rather have gold, or I'd rather have the Word of God than have gold, because His Word is a wonderful gift. Thank you, Lord, for the law of God, because it tells me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you for the law, because it tells me that His grace is sufficient in suffering. I'm thankful for the law, because it tells me that He will meet all my needs according to His riches and glory. I'm thankful for the law because it tells me that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. What would we do without this Bible pointing us toward Jesus Christ? We might try to live our life the way that we think that we should live our life. But because of the word of God, it is a wonderful gift to us, and it's worthy of us singing praises too. Thank you for the word of God. And then he ends with verse 14, which just happens to be one of our verses that we learned Uh, For 10 for life, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So seeing how the sun kind of makes everything warm and clear and where I can see everything and I know where to go, that's what instructions does for me. And so all the words that are out of my mouth, everything that I think and meditate on, my prayer life, I want it to be pleasing to God because he is my rock and he is my redeemer. Thank you, Lord. His word is good. His word is good. And not just good, but it is worthy to praise and to thank God for. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Then we go to Psalm chapter 119. So for those of you who know your Bible a little bit, you know that Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. 176 verses in this chapter. So I thought that I would read it all the way through first and then go back and go line by line, okay? (laughs) So are you guys ready? (laughs) Someone's like, honey, get your purse. We're leaving early, okay? I I got the point of the message. We don't need all this, okay? (laughs) Okay. No, we're not going to go through all of it, but I do want to hit some highlights. I read this, I read 119 uh, a couple of months ago, and I I guess I hadn't read it in a little while because I was was shocked and surprised at just how wonderful he speaks of his word and how it's more than just, well, I guess I got to do, I got to do this in the morning. I'm just amazed by this. Okay, so let's read. I'm going to read kind of some highlights through it. I'm not going to read all of it, but some of the highlights. It starts off, Psalm 119, verse 1. It says, joyful. Now, this is in the NLT. So in the ESV, it might say, or another version, it might say blessed. So joyful or blessed. Joyful, blessed are people of integrity who follow the instruction of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his path. Those who follow the Lord are 
joyful. They are blessed. I think it's weird when, when people, you know, throughout my life, you know, they've said, boy, you really missed out on this party or missed out on this doing thing. I'm like, have you ever hung out with me? Like, I have fun a lot. I smile and laugh, and I'm a fairly joyful guy. Listen, if, if you are going through Christianity not joyfully, you're doing Christianity wrong. Let me tell you that, okay? Because it is a joy to live for the Lord. And if the whole deal is, well, I'm just mad at everybody because they're not living up to my standard, that, that, that's it's so weird to me. Like, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we realize that serving God is so much better than the opposite, than doing the other thing, we see how joyful that it is. And so walking through life with the joy of the Lord, like I haven't missed out on any of that stuff, okay? I, you're missing out on what, I'm, on what I'm going through. I am living a joyful life. All right, the next verse. The next verse is for the teenagers in the room. So where's the teenagers at? I want you guys to listen up. Like, elbow your teenager real quick, okay? Time to wake up. All right, this is for you. <laughs> Next couple of minutes is, is, is for you. Everybody else, y'all can take a nap. I'll come back to you in just a minute, okay? Teenagers in the room, I want y'all to listen up for the next couple of minutes because this is for you. Verse 9 says, How can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? This is um, what we're trying to do. We, we're trying to live the right life. We're trying to do what God wants us to do, or we're trying to figure out this life. While we are trying to figure this out, we're trying to be pure, I want to help you guys out for a second, okay? Teenagers in the room. Um, in the same way that I look up to older people who have lived a life longer than me, I don't know what it's like to live as a 60-year-old, okay? And so I can learn some wisdom and things from them. Can we have a little bit of humbleness to know that we have not lived a life yet and don't quite understand all the consequences that there are to sin, okay? And so there are sometimes you'll hear me say or your parents say, you shouldn't do that or God don't want you to do that or whatever, and your kind of response is, I don't see the problem with it or what's the big deal? What I would say is let's have enough humbleness to know maybe there is a big deal I just don't see it yet and so I'm going to listen to the people particularly my parents who are going to teach me the right way to live which parents I'll get to you in just a second uh, my parents are going to teach me the right way to live but especially that this word of God has something to say that I haven't quite learned just yet and so have enough humbleness to do just that. So you may say, I'm on like on step two down this road that I want to go on. But I'm here to tell you that step four is a major pitfall that you do not want to fall into. And you've not lived long enough to know that that's happened in step four. So when I say come back and walk on this path, it is for that good. Okay? And so when we say pure, it is about... Um, your definition of clean is probably different than God's definition of clean. Like, I love it whenever I hear teenagers say, yeah, my room's clean. <laughs> I'm like, compared to what, you know? <laughs> like, there's a gallon of ice cream melting right now on your desk, 
and it's been there for two days, <laughs> you know. Like, I know that you picked up your shoes, and so it's cleaner than yesterday, but that doesn't mean it's clean, okay? So, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so if you want purity or, cl- or cleanliness in your life, not chaos, you don't want the not feeling of secure, okay? So when your parents say something like, we can't spend money on that right now, I don't want you hanging out with that person, you shouldn't watch those movies, that attitude is not as cute as you think it is, okay? When parents say that, you're thinking, they're trying to rule my life, they're trying to ruin my life. Yes, you're exactly right, we are trying to ruin your life. Because the life that you're choosing is a selfish life, and we want that to be killed so that you can walk in the path of righteousness. So absolutely, we are trying to ruin your life. <laughs> that part of your life that's leading you down the wrong way. This, it never fails. We used to do this in youth group where we would blindfold uh, uh, some kids and then there would be some other kids on the other side and we would put obstacles in the way and they had to listen to the person on the other end tell them take two steps forward, three steps to the left, like listen so that I can walk you around. Okay, you, you've seen this before, right? where I had to walk you around all the obstacles, and it would never fail, never fail. There would be a, a, a kid with a blindfold right here, and it, like screaming back to the other one, I think I go straight! And the guy's like, no, turn left! And he's like, no, I was supposed to go, ah! And he falls, and this is like every time. Like every single time. It was great. Youth ministry was great. Like every time. <clears throat> we, need to have a, we need to have a perspective, but it's hard for you to have perspective just yet. And so what I'm telling you is if we follow God's commands, even when we don't know why we have to follow God's commands, we will get to a point where we can look back and say, I'm so thankful that I followed God in that time and that I did not follow the crowd. Because I look back and that guy that I thought was so cool, he's not really so cool anymore looking at his life. He's not, it's just not, not the same. And so you don't have that perspective yet, but you will have that perspective one day. And so listen to your parents, but even more than that, listen to the Word of God. Parents, be worthy of being followed. You are, you have been charged by God to lead your little ones into righteousness, and you need to take that seriously and you should not send that out to, well, they listen to Pastor Adam's sermon. No, you're at home with them all the time, okay? You lead them into righteousness. You, they are looking at you. And so as God has put you in charge over them, you be worth following. Show them the path and the way that they need to go. Even if they don't want to follow that path, you know that there's a trap behind that door. So why would you just, well, fine, they got to learn at some point. No, tell them there's a trap behind the door. And even if they don't listen, tell them again and again and again. You are their parents, so lead them in that right way. All right, I'm done yelling at y'all. But it's true. But it's true. Verse 10. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see that? 
I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why do we read our word? Because if we don't read the word and we don't put it in our hearts, when decisions come to be made, we don't know what to do. And so we'll go in the wrong direction. That's what the Word of God does. Many times we'll read the Word of God and we're not sure if we got something from that. Or sometimes we'll go in a lull in our, in our reading where it's just not exciting as much anymore. But when, how the Holy Spirit works so often is we read the Word of God and then later something happens and we need to make a decision and God brings back to remembrance that verse, that story, that principle that God put in His Word. And you go, oh, that's why we don't lie. That's why we wait until marriage. That's why we, and all these things. That's why we do that. And so that can't happen unless we hide the word of God in our heart. So we read his word. Verse 35, make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Hey-o. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. We've talked about this before, where so often we will turn our backs on the eternal things to turn our eyes to the temporary things. And it's like we want these things, so we want money so we can get these things, and I have to, have to get the new iPhone, and it's like my everything, and then a year later it's garbage. I want the new iPhone. Because it's temporary stuff. We should be turning our backs on the temporary things that don't last forever and turn our eyes onto Christ, which is forever. And eternal. Come on. I'm going to amen myself, y'all. Verse 49. Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. The proud hold me in utter contempt, but I do not turn away from your instructions. I meditate on your age-old regulations, O Lord. They comfort me. See, that's kind of the point. When, When you are running through life from like belief to belief to belief, and now I think this... It's shaky ground. And all of us have been in that position where you're unsure about your job situation. If you're gonna be, if they're gonna keep you, you're unsure with your relationship. Boy, I might have messed up too much. And so you, you kind of feel this unease of the future. We've all been there. All of us have been there of this unease of the future. But his word brings us comfort. Because if we follow his commands. We have no unease of the future. We can stand firmly on his promise that, number one, he is with us, and number two, he is preparing a place for us. There is no unease of the future. There is only comfort in his word. Verse 61, evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions. Evil people, listen, sometimes... The evil people, they will make fun of or they, will, or they will say whatever they want to say against you. But it's because they see the light in you and it exposes the darkness in, in themselves even more. That's, that's part of the reason why that they do that. So they're going to make you feel bad because you're trying to live right. Do not fall for that. Do not fall into that. That's what they're trying. They're trying to drag you into sin because they feel bad about their own sin. But firmly anchor yourself to God's instructions. Verse 73, you made me, you created me, now give me the sense to follow your commands. That's how the NLT says it. I think that's hilarious. Give me the sense to follow your commands. Like God made us, 
male and female, and he's got a purpose for us, there is no reason to deviate from that. If God's the one that created us, then he has given us uh, a purpose and a plan for us to do. Verse 89, your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation. As enduring as the earth you created, your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plans. If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. This kind of talks about how big and just the the breadth of, of who God is, similar to the sun, where it shows and gives light to everything. It reminds me of Psalm 36, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. This is a song as well. Your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains. Your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. It talks about how great and how big God is, and so we can serve him. Verse 97. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Over and over, the wisdom of the Lord will overshadow and override the wisdom of this world. Every single time. Every single time. And so we follow his instructions. Verse 103. How sweet is your words taste to me. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. There's that phrase again. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your words are sweeter than honey to me. That It's because of your word that I'm able to live and move and have my being. Do you see that David is telling us over and over and over and over and over again how good the commands of the Lord are? How good are his commands? How good are his rules? It keeps us from going down this path of wickedness, and it keeps us on this path to life. Over and over and over again. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to, my, to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once, and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. How many of you know his word is a lamp? This is a dark, dark place, this world is. But his word is a lamp to guide my feet where to go, where to go, how to do it, why to do it, all of these things. I am thankful for the word of the Lord. And finally, the last verses of Psalm 119. See, we got there quicker than, I, quicker than thought. The last verses, verse 175 and 76, says, Let me live so I can praise you, and may your regulations help me. See, once again, it's so I can praise you. It's because of your regulations and your commandments that I can praise you. I I, I can't see the consequences of sin just yet, so I'm going to follow what you tell me to do, and that will keep me pure. I have wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me, for I have not forgotten your commands. Even in those moments where we want to fade, and as human beings... We want to fade. God leaves the 99 and goes after that one sheep, right? Brings us back in, in full, in the family of God fully. And we are thankful for that. Listen, you read all of this and you go, not only is it, can we really praise God for his law? It's like, is there anything else to praise God for? 
Like, this is what we praise God for. I am thankful for his law, thankful for his regulations. Thank you for his word. They keep me on the straight and narrow. Thank you, God, for your word. You know, when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, we don't know as much about this in our New Testament world. When the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, that day of Pentecost was actually a celebration because of the law of God. They were celebrating that day because of the law of God and those who followed the Lord. Well, that celebration of following the Lord, now the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. Now his word can be written on our hearts. And we can follow the Lord because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Yes, I can follow your word because your Holy Spirit is with me all the time. Thank you for that day of Pentecost. Thank you for your word of God. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for keeping me on the straight and narrow. He didn't just create you and say, well, I hope you figure it out. He's given us the word of God to keep us on that straight and narrow, and that is worthy of praising our God. Amen? That is worthy. All right, if you can't stand with me this morning, we're going to do it once again. We're going to praise the Lord. And here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to think for a minute. Meditate just for a moment before we actually sing the song. Meditate for a moment or maybe a word of the Lord, a memory verse that you like. Maybe say that, that verse out loud, that, that verse that gives you life. Or thank you, God, for the story of blank because it teaches me blank. Even, even say that to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, God. Lord, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You have made me with a purpose and with gifts and with talents and with so many things that you want me to do, God. Lord, you didn't leave me by myself, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord. Your grace is sufficient in all of my sufferings. God, I thank you for it, Lord. Lord, your way lights my path. Your way lights my path. Lord, even when I was a sinner, Christ, you died for me. Lord, I can look at your word and I can know that one day you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And we will be able to worship you forever and ever and ever and ever. And God, we say thank you. God, we say thank you. And we lift you up and we worship you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's send up a worship and a praise to the Lord this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your, lift your voice to the Lord this morning. Lord, we love you, God. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of praise, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that keeps us on the straight and narrow, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're sorry when we, when we stray from the path, when we want to do our own thing or we want to think our own way. Lord, help us, Lord, to not stray from the path too far, Lord, but to bring us back to you and to show us the right way to live. And it keeps us from destruction and it keeps us from wickedness and it, and it keeps us from the wrong path. But Lord, your ways are righteous. Your ways are righteous and it keeps us pure, Lord. Help us, God. Help us, Lord, to read your word. To read your word day and night. Meditate on it day and night, Lord. Hallelujah. Because it keeps us pure. It keeps us on the straight and narrow, God. Lord, we love you. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of praise. God, we lift you up. Thank you, Jesus. And we praise you. Lord, as we leave this place here today, pray that we would hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Help us, Lord, to hide your word. 
Hide your word in our hearts. And we thank you for it, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus.